Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1232 in Edmonton. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, focused on your health and peace of mind. They're proud to be a part of Ford, Canada's Built to Lend a Hand program, helping their customers through these difficult times. Brent Ridge Ford is committed to social responsibility, safety, and supporting their valued clients through flexible financing, online sales, and support, and even delivery and mobile service. Find out more about how Brent Ridge Ford is built to lend a hand by calling one. 877-477-3673 or visiting brentridge.com. Rich and Uncle Milt and Johnny and the gang down there, they will take care of you at Brent Ridge Ford. All right, uh, pleased to be joined on the line by our NHL insider, John Shannon. Hello, John, how are you? Great, Bob, how are you? Uh, not bad. Uh, we got uh, Caleb uh, Dahlgren coming up, who, as you know, was one of the survivors in the uh, Humboldt uh, bus tragedy, which took place two years ago today. Mm-hmm. So I'll be intrigued to uh, to have a conversation with him. I know he has spent some time around the York Lions hockey program the last couple of years, and I believe their best player this past season was a, a Red Deer product, uh, Scott Fazer, uh, whose father, Myron, years ago played at Nate and uh, works for ATP. In the Red Deer region, and uh, his son, uh, his other son, Justin, was a, a real good junior for the Tri City Americans. So I'm going to be really interested to to see how Caleb's doing and what he's working on and those sort of things. Uh, and that definitely was a day, and we'll get to the NHL stuff in a second. But that was a, a day a couple of years ago that really uh, hit home uh, with everybody in hockey circles, didn't it, John? Uh, I think it shook it shook the game to its foundation. When you think about uh, how grassroots works and uh, the classic story of being on a bus, um, small town Western Canada, uh, it's everything uh, that we all feared would be the worst. And uh, what truly is amazing to me is how the families, in so many ways, have at least publicly healed. Uh, healed many others around them. Um, uh, you know, I, I I look at the Joseph family uh, from Edmonton, who and, and Chris has just has done so much uh, for young people and and talking about uh, the tragedy. 
It's uh, it, in many ways. Uh, when I first uh, saw some notes about it today, it's hard to imagine that that was two years ago, and how the world has changed, and how the world has changed for those people forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well stated. Uh, the world has changed as well as a result of a uh, pandemic, COVID-19. Um, and we're going to get to lots of different items, some of which you tweeted about over the course of this weekend, uh, including a poll that you did. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of this weekend, uh, Donald Trump, President of the United States, love him or hate him, and we we all have our opinions on him, Um had a conference call with the major commissioners in the major professional sports, uh, including the NHL's Gary Bettman. What have you been able to glean from that? Well, I, I think, first of all, it was a, an opportunity for the president to uh, inject himself into the pro sports world, which he always loves to do. Uh, and secondarily, I, I think it was uh, his him urging uh, all of the sports uh, from NASCAR to golf to obviously the Big Four and to Major League Soccer uh, to uh, try to get back to regular life as soon as possible, uh, all while respecting the play- that 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 uh, you know public safety, player safety, uh, when it comes to the pandemic is is the ultimate. Uh, so I, I think in many ways it was a bit of a distraction. Uh, for the Saturday, for what we all expect would, ha- what would happen, you know, whether it's how many more people have the have the virus, how many more people have passed away because of the virus. Uh, but in many ways, it's uh, Mr. Trump's desire to get back to a regular routine, a regular life, and his belief that pro sports is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, we know the NHL, I-, I think it's fair to say, want- wants to play wants to get going here but really um they're at the mercy of the pandemic and frankly it you know it, uh, they're going to be in a position where they have no choice but to take the advice of people that are experts in this area and, in an effort to uh, take care of us aren't they well you know the reality of, of of what the world is right now bob is is professional sports is just a blip um, and it, it, the way of life that we have uh, is a, a little more than, or a lot more than professional sports. Uh, we, we're the we're the distraction. We're we're the sandbox that people love to play in. Uh, so for um, for it to continue, so many other things have to be put in place, and and. Uh, and on multiple levels of government, uh, when you think about uh, what goes on in Alberta, what goes on here in Ontario, uh, what goes on in, in major sports cities. I mean, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, was very quick on Saturday afternoon to say, well, nothing's going to happen before September in the state of California. Um, so it's, this is not just the, the president wa- you know, trying to wave a magic wand and impressing his friends and, and getting things to happen. This is, this is a, one of those d- domino puzzles that one falls and you never know if the others are going to fall. And that's, that's where we are right now when it comes to the role that professional sports and sports in general have in society. Well, John, I mean, look at the city of Calgary. Uh, Mayor Nancy. Right has stated point blank that there will be no mass gatherings including uh, anything to do with sports uh, before july 1st they have the stampede there in the first week of july 
and uh, Calgary is a currently tracking at about 62 percent of Alberta's COVID-19 cases. Edmonton has been been, been, been between 23 to 25 percent the entire time. Calgary also has a heck of a lot more international flights than Edmonton does. And so, uh, you know, I think that that may have factored into things. But there you have a, a mayor in a Canadian market that, you know, we're not talking Montreal, which has just been pounded. I mean, Quebec right now is over 8,500 COVID-19 cases at 121 deaths. And, uh, you know, Quebec, as we speak, basically has half the COVID uh, cases in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the country. So, John, what I'm saying here is here's Calgary, relatively speaking, a low threshold area for COVID-19, and they've already shut it down until July 1st. Yeah. It, to me, I, I think it's the role of, uh, of government and, and the public sector at this point to uh, be as cautious as possible. Um, and uh, if that means overextending dates and then rescinding those dates to a certain point, then that's fine with me, too. Uh, this, 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 this is one that uh, transcends all of us. And uh, in many ways, we're just along for the ride now, waiting to see what happens uh, across it and with, with, with the people that are, are paying the paying the price uh, with the virus and those on the front line who have done such a magnificent job. What you and I do, Bob, is like going to the candy store. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's get to a couple of things that, that sort of stemmed out of Saturday's uh, we're hearing over the last 48 hours. What are you hearing on the potential if we do get back up and running? Uh, North Dakota, as an example, as a state, is sitting below 250 COVID-19 cases. Uh, is there any validity to the rumors that we may see some games played in neutral sites uh, if we do indeed get back up and running? Uh, let, let me put it to you this way. There have been discussions um, uh, on multiple multiple levels that th- these are options. There are options that would need to be put in place just in case certain parts of the, of the continent still won't allow a public uh, 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 availabilities. Uh, you know, Santa Clara County, where San Jose is, probably tops the list. Um, so the whole concept of what would happen in North Dakota, uh, I've been led to believe that Manchester, New Hampshire is probably uh, on the on the eastern side of the continent in a similar scenario. Uh, when you consider that there are some there are multiple arenas uh, that could be used in that state as well, uh, but at the same time, these are these are pie in the sky ideas. These are the you know, the, you know these are discussions that are going on these are options to be considered uh at a time when people are trying to figure out uh, what is going on when it's going to happen if it's going to happen and i i think that that's that simple two-letter word uh is the most important one right now and that's the word if so i mean one of the options could be the, the you know an eastern tournament and a western tournament sure but you know, is it optimum? No. Is it possible? Eh, potentially, but who who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, New Hampshire, by the way, according to the Guardian yesterday, at 669 COVID-19 cases, nine deaths so far. Again, North Dakota only at 207 cases in their state. Uh, John, you put a poll out. I believe it was on Friday. I did. 
and maybe educate our listeners on what that was. Well, I, I, I was just curious because, uh, you, you know, as you and I talked about last uh, Wednesday, Bob, there there's a real, you know, with fingers and toes crossed, a real hope uh, that the NHL could finish the 2019-2020 season in August with playoffs in September, October, and then res- resume the new season, the 2021 season, uh, in November. Uh, so I, I and and you know the reaction I got from people after we talked about it on the radio was, are you serious? And I said, yeah, I am. That's that's really what the discussions are are happening. So I actually so I I put it out there. What kind of interest would there be in people uh, going to games and following their teams if the ter- if the the season started? in august or would they rather just take august off and get ready for the new season and 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 call this season with statistics and all just a a blip um and uh, i i did think the reaction was rather interesting uh and it and it just the fact that it was basically bob 50 50 50 percent said they wanted to start as soon as we could and finish the season in august and the other half said no season's done no Stanley Cup champion. Let's get ready for the the NHL season in October, so it's not compromised. So I, I it was, uh, and I mean, there was a there was more than five thousand respondents, which is for me about normally what I poll. So that means people are still interested in talking about it. Um, very unscientific, uh, but I thought it was interesting that more than half of the or around half of the people uh, did not really want to play in August and wanted to get ready for hockey in October. And uh, did you put a caveat on there that uh, results have a 3% variance as well, like they do for uh, As I said, mine are polls. very unscientific because my polling is people who follow me, and, and if people follow me on Twitter, you have to question their judgment in the first place. So. Oh, you're doing all right there. i got a question for you. Uh, New York State right now uh, has roughly 131,000 cases of COVID-19. They've already had close to 4,800 deaths. New Jersey is at 37,000 cases, close to 1,000 deaths. So basically half of the confirmed cases in the United States and half of the deaths have occurred in New York and New Jersey. There's three teams there, (laughs) including one really prominent one. Uh, I mean, how? How do you, like, you know what I'm saying, in the next three or four months, how, how is uh, New York or New Jersey options here moving forward? How does that even happen, given, given, given the, the caseload that's currently occurring in those markets? Well, I, I mean, I don't, have a, I don't have an answer for you that simple. The, the only thing I would say is that, you know, the, the, the COVID-19 is not going to go away. Right. Uh, what what we haven't got right now, and, and it, it, this is everywhere in the world, it's not just North America, but we haven't really created a system to manage it yet. When our hospital systems, when our public health systems can manage COVID-19, then I suspect that there's going to be a real push to get back to regular life. Uh, whether that be from the public sector or the private sector, it's the, it. In many ways, Bob, it's 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 the fact that we can't manage the 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 amount of patients in the hospital system, um, and we can't we can't manage, particularly in the United States, we as a as a species can't manage testing yet. Those are the issues. 
um, and and you know the, you know the, the, the whole concept of not having enough ventilators um, it, it, those are the issues COVID is here COVID will find well they'll, they'll find a vaccine for COVID but the problem then becomes is how you manage it within the hospital system if we get to a point in our in our day-to-day life where we can manage the virus within the proper ho- uh, hospital system i suspect there'll be a real push uh from a lot of people to get back to regular day-to-day life all right uh let's do this we're going to switch focus and now i'm going to make it easy because you just answered all the tough questions on this day in 1986 orders wayne gretzky uh wins the art ross trophy six straight year he sets an nhl single season record 215 points he finished 74 points ahead of second place Mario Lemieux in the scoring race. He also had 22 more assists at 163 than Lemieux had points in 141. It's interesting because I think this is an underrated Gretzky season, and it's the single season high in points. Well, it's underrated for one reason, Bob. They didn't win, right? April 30th, 1986. Yeah. Their season ended prematurely uh, off the pad of Grant Fuhr. Yeah. yeah and, Fuhrzy and, said he should have had that one. Said he should have <laughs> had that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a, you know what? I always hear you're tough on goalies. Um, but, <laughs> He'd but, be the first to tell you that. But, He'd tell you he should have had that one. No, there's no way. Grant even saw it. Come on now. I'm you know, I mean, I, fun and, with and, you. and I'm you not even that. blaming Steve that much. I feel bad for Steve. Uh, you know, and the good news is, is Steve has become a became a great defenseman, not only with the Oilers but with Chicago, and then has become terrific. a really good coach in the NHL too. But uh, you worked, but that's you that's why that, that's that's the single reason why that those numbers and 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 Wayne's success and the success of heck, how many other te- players on that team? I mean, it just evaporated because that was supposed to be three cups in a row. That was supposed to be, hey, these guys might win every, if they if they can keep winning, they might win every cup the rest of the 80s. And they almost did, except for that darn team in Calgary. You know, in between 86 and 89, you know, from right. that perspective, that was, that was the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That was the blow for all of Wayne's personal records uh, of that season. And that's, that's why we don't talk about it very much. Realistically, John, given the fact that Edmonton went three rounds in both 1991 and 1992, I think it's fair to say that if Wayne hadn't been moved, 
they might have, you know, there's a high, there's no way, remember, they lost, the Oilers lost to the Kings in 89, up 3-1. Yeah. There's a high probability that they, you know, they would have won at least two more cups in 91 and 92. So, yeah, oh, and maybe, in a, yeah. maybe in 89 as well. So, but it is crazy that a guy gets... 22 more assists than the next highest score in the league. And yeah, we've already had the, the Mario Lemieux lovers out there. Well, you didn't have all these guys on his team. Yeah, that's that, that's right. It's funny how, you know, when you look at Tampa Bay the last couple of years and how deep their squad was compared to the Oilers now, this year a little bit different. So interesting nonetheless. Well, yeah, you but did... the, other part of that, the other part of that argument, and I know you got to go, the other part of the argument is is that, sure, there were some great players, some, you know, comparable to the late 70s Canadians, the amount of guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame for the Oilers. But I remember when he made Brett Callaghan a really good player. I remember when Wayne made Blair McDonald a 44-goal scorer. You know, I mean, Wayne made not just superstars around him better. He made everyone around him better. And that's really, in many ways, what was his, maybe one of his most underappreciated talents was how he drove his teammates by example on and off the ice. You know, tomorrow, John, we're going to have uh, Lorna Schultz-Nicholson on the show, and we're going to talk about must-read books, uh, specifically for hockey. For our listeners out there, and my number one book is The Game of Our Lives. And as you know, it, Peter Zosky writes right in that book about osmosis and how Glenn Anderson and Mark Messier and Yerry Curry all benefited from practicing and playing with Wayne Gretzky on a day-to-day basis and, and went further in their careers than many people thought was possible. You, you mentioned that, night. you know, you go back to 1981 and you talk about Brett Callaghan. He, you know, he got a couple, uh, he was a big part of the game one victory in Montreal, that series. But you take a look at watching him, Messi and Anderson, you could see the speed and the explosiveness, but yep. maybe not quite the finish and polish, especially for Messier, who scored 50 the next year. So never a truer statement. Like, I mean, these guys, and I think, frankly, we've seen a bit of that with Leon Dreisettel and Connor McTavid. Yep. Because Leon is driven to be that type of guy, yeah. he has improved because he practices and plays on a day-to-day oh. basis with Connor McDavid. Yeah, and, and I, I think there's really in 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 the in the current era, Bob, I think the only other person in, in my opinion that is comparable to that is Sydney. Is what Crosby has done with his teammates and how he drives himself and that and, and, and his drag, his pull brings along some of the some of the other guys on the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's interesting, John. Uh, Connor McDavid's played 351 games in his first five seasons. Crosby played 371. So I deducted the final 20 games of the 2009-10 season. McDavid's at 469 points. Crosby's at 475. Uh-huh. McDavid has 324 even strength points. Crosby has 270. Here's the rub. Crosby has 199 uh, power play points in those first 351 games. 137 for McDavid, and people go, well, how does he get 62 more? Even? But let's not forget, coming out of that lockout back That's in 05, right. 06, they called all those five-on-three. Remember how many five-on-three goals there were that year? Well, no, I thought, hey, how many times did we hear in that period of time, parallel to the ice, stick parallel yeah. to the ice? And that became a calling card. And what it did was it got scoring up and people back in the buildings at that point, and that's what they needed. 
And are we going to maybe see something similar happen once we do get back up and playing, John? Like they got it. This, you know, the Oilers are in the, inter, you know, the NHL's in the entertainment business. Yeah, although I don't think I think the game was in pretty good shape before uh, the, the pause, Bob. Uh, if you recall, in two thousand and four, the game wasn't in very good shape. Um, right. You know that that Calgary Tampa series may have gone seven games, where there wasn't one lead change in any game. You scored the first goal, you won the game. And 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 the game was such a clutch and grab game and such a slow game uh, compared to what we have now, uh, albeit. It coincided with the arrival of Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, but at the same time, the rules, and we were in, those of us that were lucky enough to be part of a few of those, those summits, um, it, you know, there was a real need and desire at every level, players, managers, owners, to make change. They needed it. And they open the game up, and yeah, away we Absolutely. go. Absolutely, and, and we're and we're better for it. Guys like Connor, uh, Connor, and Leon uh, have never played in a game with clutch and grab. Not the way the Dallas Stars won throughout the late nineteen nineties and the early two thousands when they were rolling well, up. Hey, Hatcher, Chuck, Craig Ludwig, Ken Hitchcock standing up cheering right now when he hears about that. For one year. All right, John. Great <laughs> stuff. We'll talk Wednesday. Okay. All right, Bob, have a good day. You bet. 12.55 in Edmonton. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. I will get to some of your texts here. We've got Caleb Dahlgren coming up. Uh, he survived the Humboldt bus crash two years ago today. And we'll uh, hear his story after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.